Hello, welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your facilitator, Dr. Dave Cornelius. Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave is streamed on grokshare.com and broadcasted on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I want to encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. Let's begin your learning experience to achieve your awesomeness. You're listening to episode number 67 with Adiba Nelson. Adiba is a mom, author, speaker, and advocate for positive living. Our conversation is relentless perseverance, hashtag can't stop, won't stop, influences. Check out Adiba's article in the Washington Post newspaper. We <laughs> <laughs> might as well start off laughing, right? Go for it. Right, for it. right. Hey, welcome, Adiba Nelson. Um, welcome to the Now Share with Dr. Dave podcast. Thank um, you. You're going to be in episode number 67. Okay. And so, Adiba, you're a mom, a author, speaker, and advocate for positive living. Yeah. And so, we're going to talk about relentless perseverance, hashtag, <laughs> can't stop, won't stop, influences. Right. Yeah. So, let's just begin and says, like, Talk to me about some of your relentless perseverance uh, moments and that can't stop, won't stop uh, influences that is important to you. Uh, what does that look like? So there have actually been a lot of those relentless perseverance uh, moments in my life. Some good, some not so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm stubborn. Yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of have that, I get what I want, you can't stop me attitude. Right. So when you're a kid, that gets you into a lot of trouble. Certainly. Um, so one thing, like I talk about it in my TED talk, is um, skating. I used to skate a lot when mm -hmm. I was a kid, and I wanted to skate down a hill. Um, hills are concrete <laughs> and asphalt, especially in New York City. Yeah. Um, probably shouldn't do that, but that rel relentless perseverance, and he was like, "I'm gonna do it," and I did it. A lot of times, did it very successfully until I wasn't successful <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and ended up with uh, scraped knees, uh, raw inner thighs, raw calves. It was a mess. Yeah. So that's where relentless perseverance really didn't work in my favor. Okay. Uh, relentless perseverance in 2012 meant that I was writing and having illustrated a children's book with no knowledge of how to do such a thing right and i was going to publish it myself having no knowledge about how to do such a thing um and i had literally six dollars in the bank maybe yeah and used my tax returns to print the books and was just gonna do it i didn't know what was gonna happen i had an idea that i wanted it to be a big brand and eventually a household name and all these grand ideas um, and it was going to start there, and here I am now, what is this, uh, six years after we published yeah. in 2013, and I've sold close to 4,000 books on nice. my own, and I'm doing speaking and doing school workshops and all of that. So that's where Can't Stop, Won't Stop, Relentless Perseverance actually does work in your favor. So you are a resilient mind yeah right yeah you get to look at it from that way definitely right? definitely so, so that's so t if someone ran into you in a coffee shop um mm -hmm. 
how would you describe a diva Nelson? You know, we're sitting there having coffee. Like so. <laughs> so like so. If I had to describe someone yeah. myself to someone else. Yeah. Um, oh wow. I would say really loud laugh because I do have a very loud, obnoxious laugh that usually gets me looks in quiet places like coffee shops. Yeah. Um, but someone who is probably a little bit sassy, mm -hmm. um, someone who has at times been mistaken as like an ice princess. Yeah. But it's more so because I like to kind of observe the scene before I jump in. Yeah. Um, and that gets mistaken. Um, but an advocate for the little guy, for the underrepresented, um, an activist um, in my own right, in my own way, for um, underrepresented communities, um, that being the disabled community, the fat community, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> anyone who's ever felt marginalized or is marginalized, I should say, because sometimes people feel marginalized and they're not really. Yeah. Um, so marginalized communities, um, I would say, Sometimes a little bold, mm -hmm. a little bold, not not afraid to step out and do certain things that maybe other people wouldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> take some risks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. All in the name of you know positivity and moving forward. Right. Um, not someone who really uh, cares too much about what people think about her. Yeah, I'm gonna do my thing. You gotta do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be an elastic mind. Do your thing, and be resilient. Um, your current book, uh -huh. Meet Clara Bell Blue, uh -huh. is the series one. Yeah. Um, how is this book influencing kids and parents? So that's actually a really interesting question. I have been told by countless parents mm -hmm. that it really opens up a conversation around disability right. for them. So for the people who are listening or watching who don't know what Meet Clara Bell Blue is, it is a children's book that I wrote based on my own child. Mm -hmm. um, and the theme around the book is inclusion. And I wrote the book because I couldn't find any books in the kid-lit market, kid literature, kid-lit, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that centered a young black girl with a disability. Yeah. There were none in 2011 when we were initially looking. Now there's, I can think of maybe two more. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah. Um, but in 2019, where there's 150 million kids worldwide that identify as having a disability, mm -hmm. we're a little late to the game. Yeah. Um, and so in 2011, I couldn't find anything. So I wrote this book, and it just intended it to be just for my kid. Ended up deciding to publish it and sell it on a grander scale. Um, so it teaches kids that children regardless of how they present in this world, are children nonetheless. Kids yeah. are kids are kids are kids are kids. We all want the same things. We all need the same things. Um, love, tenderness, play, friendship. Um, and it's really, I used to think it wasn't um, uh, autobiographical. It's not autobiographical from my standpoint, but it really is my daughter. Yeah. It's showing, you know, things that we've done together, the silly ways that we play together. Um, and it's the silly ways that she plays with her friends, which is how all kids play with their friends. Jump rope, tag, duck, duck, goose, playing pranks on their parents, 
trying to put their laundry away, you know, volunteering <laughs> in class. These are things that all kids do. And it shows that Clarabelle Blue literally is just like you. That's the tagline throughout the oh, entire nice, book. Nice. Clarabelle Blue is just like you. Mm -hmm. So kids, when I read the story to them, I always pause at different parts um, in the book where we talk about, you know, Clarabelle Blue has two eyes. Who here has two eyes? Yeah. So we start immediately by identifying the similarities. Um, and I show them, you know, she's in a wheelchair, but she has two eyes. Do you? Mm -hmm. She has two legs. Do you? Yeah. Um, and we go through. She likes to play Duck, Duck, Goose. Who here likes to play Duck, Duck, Goose? And so that's how we work it in with the kiddos. And then when the parents um, get the books home, um, it really opens up the door for them because then they can have that conversation of, well, who do we know that has a disability? And do you think they'd want to play? How, how can we make play more fun for everybody? Yeah. And I've heard so many parents just really love it for that standpoint. Of course, they end up reading the book like 8,000 times because kids love it. Certainly. And that's not me tooting my horn. Mm -hmm. Like parents have said to me, it is a favorite book of my kid. They will drag it with them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know your book by heart. <laughs> that is a good feeling, isn't it? You know, I'm like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's such an important conversation. Mm -hmm that we have with children because kids by nature are very self-centered. Yeah. You know, that's just who they are. And it's very normal and natural. We have to teach them to look at the world around them, outside of them. And no one in this world is going to meet someone who's exactly like them all the time. So you have to prepare them to understand what the world around them looks like. When kids get to school, they're going to see kids that are different from them. Of course, yeah. And so, how do we interact with kids that are different? And these are lessons that um, go from childhood up and through the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, recognizing differences and similarities and seeing how we can come together and still be the same and treat each other the same, treat each other with love and kindness. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of starts when they're young and just branches out from there and that's how parents are using it. Nice. Uh, uh, you know, I bought a copy. Just to let you know. Did you? Of course. I did not know oh, that. I have to come and talk to you and have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to have a copy. <laughs> yeah. uh, talk to me about the recent article um, you had posted in the Washington Post where it says, where are all the books for black moms? And why is this, in, this, why is this discussion so important? So I wrote the article out of frustration. Mm. Um, I'm working on a mommy memoir. Yeah. And I don't know if you would know because you're not a mom. I, I'm not a mom. But I'm a dad. <laughs> you're a dad. <laughs> um, and honestly, I've never really seen a daddy memoir, but yeah. I've never looked for a daddy memoir. I don't think we would write one. You should. Yeah, we probably should. We? <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's a whole, whole market that's untapped right there. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. But for mommy memoirs, you can find books on drunk moms, funny moms, angry moms, tiger moms, but they're all written by white women. Yeah. So it's momming from this very white lens. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. fine. But the world is not filled with just white moms. Of course. They need diversity. Right. right? And so I remember being pregnant and freaking out because there were so many weird things happening with my body. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even really prepared to be pregnant to begin with. <laughs> um, and I couldn't find anything that really spoke to the black mom experience. Right. Um, or the black mom-to-be experience, I should say. And then there were these things that I was experiencing 
after becoming a mom that I never found in the books that I was looking at. They weren't in the what to expect when you were expecting book. Um, ways that postpartum depression affects black women differently just because of our culture and how mm -hmm. we treat mental health. Um, and things that are happening in the family, um, dynamics that are a little bit different. And I couldn't find anything that spoke to any of that. And for me personally, I deal with a lot of things that other people would find uh, traumatic. Mm -hmm. I deal with them with humor. That's, sure. that's my coping mechanism. Yeah. And so these things were happening in life that were insane and traumatic and oh my gosh, but also on their face, hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, there was just nothing. And I think especially be finding out that your child has a disability, um, that can be a really traumatic experience. And you can stay in that place and live in that place forever. Or you can look at the whole of it. Um, what does this mean? How do we get through this? What is life going to look like for us? What sort of life are we going to make for ourselves? Mm -hmm. And because I look at everything with a very humorous lens, for me, like the whole process of finding out, it was frustrating, it was angry, but there were also some very funny parts of it. There's some very, very, very funny parts of being a, dis, um, a special needs mom, a disabled uh -huh. mom. I'm not disabled, my child has yes. a disability. Um, and people don't write about that. Okay. Um, and there are aspects of being a special needs mom to a black child yes. that no one talks about. Okay. And oh, yeah, our community right. is very close. To, you know, right, or our community doesn't talk about it, but yeah. no one else no talks does. about yeah. it either. And these are really important things. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't find anything. So it was just written purely out of frustration. Mm. Mm. Um, and thankfully, the Washington Post picked it up. Nice. Um, and because th they recognize that this is something that needs to be talked about. Why aren't publishing companies bringing these books forth? I guarantee you they're getting pitches all the time yeah. from black women and writing about these things, but there's nothing that we can find. There's maybe, there is five books I can think of off the top of my head that speak to black mom-to-be, Yeah. but I, can know, I can't think of any funny mom memoirs written by black women. Um, and I just think that's sad. And so it had to be done, and I'm not a girl that shies away from I guess someone might call that conflict. I don't really see it as conflict. I call it like it is. Conflict is good. There's nothing wrong with conflict. I don't think it's, a, when it's something that needs to yeah. be said, it needs to be said. Yeah. Um, and I'm not one that shies away from something like that. Yeah. And so that's how that article came to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, which is, which is great. I, I mean, I really liked it. And I think there was a second part of your question that I probably did not answer. Yes, I, I think you did, but let's just bring it up. I was wondering, like, why is this discussion important? Well, again, yeah. like I said, because no one's having the discussion. Right. And um, for too long, black women have been left out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Yet we are such a huge part of the equation. Certainly. Um, you know, when it comes to trend setting, mm -hmm. it's black women. When it comes to making change, it's black women. Yeah. When it comes to setting the tone for how things are going to be, it's typically black women. Um, but we're not considered when it comes to solving the problems. Our issues are not considered. So I, I think you have a rich opportunity here in, in terms of 
being able to self-publish, you know, perhaps you may create um, some guidance in how to do that because it's it's not an incredibly hard thing to do. No, it's it's, it's a lot easier than people, people think. Really think. It's just you have to be you have to be organized. And organized and yeah, yes. and can't stop, won't stop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's literally what it boils what down, it comes to. down to. Because yeah. there is the publishing of a book yeah. and there's the selling of a book. Yes, the marketing and sales and all of that, yes. And pause one second because yeah. mom life is really happening yes, right, now. right now. Yes, my love. Can you can you wait a little bit? We're almost done. <laughs> Thank you're gonna wait, right? Thank you. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's mm -hmm. the publishing of a book, which is yeah. really the easy part. Yeah. It's the buying of the barcode, it's the getting the ISBN the, numbers. Yeah. It's cover design, it's in interior design, not furniture, but like what your inter um, interior of your book is gonna look like, yeah, the, the layout, layout. Yeah. Um, writing whatever it is that you're gonna publish. Yeah, you know, getting it proofread. Right, yeah. really and truly that's the easy stuff. Yeah. And you can literally Google all of this information. Yeah. That's literally what I did. If I, I think I Googled, where do I get a barcode to put on a book? Yeah. And Bowker came up, and I yes. was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, how do I get a copyright? Library of Congress comes, comes up. up. Yeah. You know, how do I get an ISBN? Again, Bowker comes up. So yeah. all these things are just right there at your fingertips. All yeah. you have to do is Google them. Um, <clears throat> it's after you have this beautiful book in your hand, now what are you going to do? Yeah, it's just, so what, now what, yeah. right? <laughs> and everyone says, I want to write a book. I'm like, go ahead, write yeah. the book. What are you going to do after? Yeah, you got to get to market. Right. And yeah. I think that's the part that people forget and they don't yeah. think about. Um, the selling of the book has been the toughest thing I've ever done. It's hard. It is. Yeah. I'm not, um, it's a business. Like the selling of the book is legitimately a business and mm -hmm. I am not naturally business inclined. Right. You know, I am creative minded. I am an idea girl. I am the implementing of an idea girl, but not on the business level. Mm -hmm. And so I have a business mentor who's like, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done that? Right. Um, so when I started back in 2013, I literally just had social media platforms. Mm -hmm. I didn't think further than that as far as how to sell the book. Right. That's not entirely true. I did connect with a local bookstore that I wanted to sell the book at mm -hmm. and launch from there. Um, but I hadn't thought about how to get it out on a more global scale. Certainly. Uh, when I relaunched in 2017, that's when I really kind of had this, kind of thing started to click. Yeah. How do I really reach the masses? How do I really make this out there? That's when I started, um, first I started applying to do workshops at conferences. That's, that's I started doing workshops at conferences and being a vendor. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my first real foray into, oh, I can actually really sell books this way. Yeah. I can really get my message out this way. Um, and then through doing that came keynotes mm -hmm. and then selling books that way. And then just the word gets out and you start keep building your social media platforms and post regularly. And that's, that is my hard part is yeah. the social media aspect because it's just me. I'm a one-man show, one-woman show. One show, yeah. Um, you're a solopreneur. Yeah, there it's just go. me. Um, yeah. And I have, you know, support mm. as far as, you know, when I travel for work, someone helps me with my daughter, you know, mm. my husband, or we have respite. 
things like that. But as far as the day-to-day ins and outs of the job, it's me. Mm-hmm. I do all the social media graphics. I do the posting. I do the scheduling. I'm the one reaching out to schools. Now, luckily, I have people reaching out to me. It's not so much cold calling from my end. Yeah. Um, which is a blessing. Because, <laughs> man, that's hard to thinking, okay, who do I call today? Yeah. Who haven't I talked to yet? Yeah. Who do I have to follow up with? Right. Yeah. Um, but social media is... is kind of the bane of my existence right now because you do want to post every day or three times a week yeah sometimes more than once in a day and as a mom when you're trying to do mom life and wife life and self-care yeah and run a business at the same time it's really difficult things fall things fall yeah and and that happens but let's let's pivot and talk about uh, more of a body positive conversation that you're having to help young women to kind of like quiet that uh, critical voice, yeah. which just limits our ability to, you know, life in full. Um, tell us more about your involvement in, in, in that movement. So I was really blessed in 2014 to meet Jess Baker, who is a local body positive, positive. activist. Yeah. Um, she now kind of more so focuses on body autonomy, uh-huh. but um, <clears throat> is still very body positive in that nature. She was doing a photo shoot um, here in Tucson called Expose, where it photographed 96 women, all different races, ages, body types, orientations, religions, all of it, mm-hmm. um, and nothing but a pair of black underwear mm-hmm. um, to show, like, these are all of our bodies, and we all have the same parts, and we're all beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so I participated in that photo shoot and that just kind of really changed everything. Well, the change had already started. I had been to a full figured, um, fashion show and for Portland fashion week, I was mm-hmm. working at Portland fashion week and I was assistant, I was an assistant, uh, to one of the designers who was having his own, uh, runway show. Yeah. Um, and that opened my eyes so much to the beauty of these women who literally looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember watching that show and just being moved to tears because these gorgeous women who were full-figured and lush and round and dark-skinned and gap-teeth, and they were just killing it on this runway, and I'd never seen anything more beautiful. And then I realized like, it hit me all at one time, like, whoa, these women look like me. Yeah. So if... I think they're beautiful and they literally look like me. Why don't I think I'm beautiful? Certainly, yeah. It was such a mind shift. And I came back from there, just changed. Mm. Um, and then like six months later, seven months later, I got to do this photo shoot, right. um, which really just kind of cemented everything that I felt at Portland Fashion Week. And it just took off from there. And since then, I've been able to participate in numerous uh, photo campaigns with Jess Baker, but also started doing burlesque, um, kind of to subvert the, mm-hmm. the, the message and subvert the ideas that we have about what is beautiful and what is sexy and what we're supposed to think is beautiful um, as women and as men. Certainly, yeah. You know, um, f- so many women for so long have thought that if they didn't look a certain way, they were not considered beautiful. Mm -hmm. I was one of those women. Um, But now I have a daughter whose body does not look like her friend's body, right? It will not 
necessarily function in the way that her friend's bodies functions. So how am I going to raise her to believe that she is beautiful exactly as she is if I can't even say that about myself? Yeah. You know? Um, and this is not to say that if a woman is large and wants to lose weight that she shouldn't. It makes her any less beautiful. Do what you want to do. This is your body. This is your life. That's body autonomy. But your self-worth, I don't feel, should come from your external, how you, how you look. Yeah, love from within, right? Right. Yeah. So I needed to feel my love from within. And that love from within is what gave me the power to say, this is what I look like on the outside. And you're going to love it. Yeah. And they do. <laughs> they love it. I, I love getting on that stage more than anything Burlesque is so empowering, yeah. um, and it's what's inside of me that is coming out on that stage, and I think people sense that. So it's more dancing, more dancing, more portraying a certain image. Um, I mean, in what context? Just so yeah, you don't have to go into detail. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. So burlesque can be so many different things. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. There's classic burlesque and there's neo burlesque, mm -hmm. and I kind of do the more neo burlesque. It's okay. just more. Uh, to me, true storytelling, it kind of can be, it can be political, um, it can be um, sat satirical, um, which burlesque, classic burlesque could also be, but it uses more um, current day music. Yeah. Um, but, and my, my stage name is the Big Bang McGillicuddy. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a few things that name came from. Uh, Lucille Ball, her... Characters made a name on I Love Lucy uh -huh. was McGillicuddy, and I love <laughs> Lucille Ball. Um, and I also love the show The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That's the nerd oh, part in me. They so put them together. Big Bang McGillicuddy. Yeah. Um, but uh, she is sassy and she's funny, but she always has something to say. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very much me. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also very much what women need. They we need to feel like we have permission to mm -hmm. do and say certain things. Certainly. And I feel like Bang is that woman who's going <laughs> to... It's all good. Excuse my yeah. child. <laughs> Goodness, girl. Um, yeah. I feel like Bang is that person who yeah. gives women that permission. Yeah. Like, we did um, an act around Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. that I was very nervous to do, to tell you the truth, because it's Tucson. Yeah. And yeah. Tucson is 4% black. And when I do burlesque shows, aside from myself, there might be one other black person in the audience. Mm -hmm. So you never really know what you're up against. Yeah. Um, but I trusted my audience because they know me. Yeah. Um, they know Bang. They know who I am outside of Bang. And I just had to trust that they were going to receive it and receive it well. And they did. Um, Congratulations. But I was very, we had conversations before we even did the routine, before we started practicing the routine. I, it was a group routine and I told the girls straight up, I said, this is a black centered act and it is around Black Lives Matter and we are highlighting the men and women that have been killed by police violence. Yeah. And if this is not something that you feel like you can support, no offense, but leave. Yeah. And I won't hate you for it, but it just tells me where you stand. Mm -hmm. um,
but you are not centered in this. This is not about you. This is about Black Lives Matter. And they all knew it, and they were fine with it. It was about seven of us. Um, and it was probably one of the best performances that we'd ever had. Um, but I've also done pieces about you know cheating husbands. Not that my husband cheated. He did not cheat. But as women, we've all yeah. been in that experience. Um, and we've all had this idea of like what we would do if we found out. Yeah. Um, I've done pieces spotlighting both parts of my heritage, the mm -hmm. Puerto Rican side and the black side. Um, so there's a lot of different areas that I can go into, but it all speaks to um, the positive woman experience and being comfortable in that skin that you're in. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to you know, be big and black and bold and sexy and funny. We're, we have that permission. And it's also okay to be big and black and bold and angry. We have that permission too. We have every right to both of those. Mm -hmm. so. Talk to me about what's the next big pursuit that will fill a diva Nelson? You know, what's the thing that's just gonna fill you up and make you feel like, yeah. There's things happening in the background. Okay. And I can't really okay. divulge. Okay. But there are things that are happening that if they come to fruition, when they when. come to fruition, yes, not if. that will, wow. Nice. That, yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. And, and hopefully you will come back and you'll talk to me about it when it happens. I hope so. I'm saying when. Yes. <laughs> I, I, will, I will make this promise to you. When it happens. When it happens. I will give you another interview for sure. For sure. So what message would you like our audience to hang on to and connect with you about, right? I mean, because, you know, you said a lot of great things here in this conversation. Um, um, what do you want them to, like, say, I'm taking that with me, and let me just reach out to a diva and, and have a conversation with her about? I think the one thing that I always say to people is, you know, your dreams absolutely can come true. Yeah. Regardless of how you are in this world, regardless of the station you are currently at, your dreams 100% can come true. You just, you have to do the work, yeah. man. You have to adopt that can't stop, won't stop attitude. If you hit a roadblock, like I talk about in my TED Talk, if a tree falls down in your path, you know what? That tree's already dead. You can't save it. Nope. You step around it, move over it, chop it up, use it for wood later. Like, don't sit there and fret over the tree because you're not moving forward anymore. Go around the tree, go over the tree, chop it up and use it for later. Keep going. Regardless of what happens, keep going. Yeah. Because there are so many times that I could have and should have stopped. Um, but I'm stubborn. I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. I get what I want. <laughs> you do the work. I do the work. You do the work. Um, and it's, it's hard. Oh, it's so hard. But it's worth it. It's so worth it in the end um, when I meet women or men, even after doing a keynote speak, and they come to me and tell you, you know, you really touched me, you really inspired me, um, you've made me really think about things. Um, those are the moments, you yeah. know. Or when I'm doing a story time with kids, and um, kids say to me, you know, I can play with anyone because we're all the same. Yeah. Like, you get it. That that's it right there. It's so worth it. It's worth you know 
crying myself to sleep for countless nights in 2012. It's worth, you know, living in a tiny one-bedroom apartment that could barely fit my daughter's wheelchair. It was worth it to go through all of that to be where I am now mm. and to keep going. So I would just say, if there's anything you're going to take away from this, um, if I can leave you with one thing, just please, 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 please do not let where you are today determine where you go tomorrow. Yeah. Like, you have to adopt a can't stop, won't stop attitude. That's radical. That's awesome. <laughs> so any Twitter handle that you want to shout out there? Yeah. Um, website? Sure. So people, at least people could hear it. I'm going to put it up on the site <laughs> anyway. But, you know, well, sure. Not for you to say it, right? So um, my personal website is thefullnelson.net. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a double entendre one because I grew up watching uh, WWF wrestling yeah. and I love it. <laughs> yeah. When I saw it, I'm like, <laughs> really? um, but I also love to eat. So I'm mm-hmm. always full mm-hmm. yeah, too, yeah. and I'm a full figure girl. Yeah. So the full Nelson.net is my personal website where you can find burlesque information. You can find um, my public speaking dates. Nice. Um, you can read um, articles that I've written. All of that is there. You can also email me from there. Uh, for the children's book side, um, www.clarabelleblue.com, mm-hmm. and that's C-L-A-R-A-B-E-L-L-E, mm-hmm. blue the color, dot com. Um, you can find the mission, why we're doing the work we're doing, why it's important. Um, you can also find their various interviews I've done with local television, the documentary that Arizona Public Media did on us, which actually won an Emmy, nice. is on that website. You can order the book directly from the website. Um, our social media for the book is Clarabelle underscore blue mm-hmm. on Instagram and on Twitter. On Facebook, it's Clarabelle Blue the series. Mm-hmm. Um, to follow me personally on Facebook, it's Adiba Nelson Writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, it's just Adiba Nelson, um, all one word. Good, I have to follow you. I don't think I've, I've been following you on all of these social media channels, but I need to connect Hold up. up, hold up. You had me on your show, and you're not following me on all your stuff? For reals? <laughs> well, you, know, at least, uh, you know, at least I'm very transparent and uh, honest about things, so... Facts, uh, I hashtag fi- facts. I can fix that, Okay. Right? So when I get done here, I'm yeah. going to look on my phone. I'm going to see you followed everything. I'm just going to grab my iPad and connect right. with you. It's that, okay. it's that simple. I'm going to hold right? you to that. It's not a problem. <laughs> I, mean, I want to be connected to you, so it's Please all good. do. Please I, do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank so you. Good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I appreciate this. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and look forward to doing more because we can do more. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Take Thanks. care. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, Agile Organization Development, Lean Business Startup, and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Coaching. 
Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www.the5saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.5saturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com, a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way, on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time. Find your awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs>